Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today we're talk talking with R.J. Crace, who is the two-time winner of the Sportscaster of the Year in the state of Illinois for the Small Media Division. Um, first of all, R.J., congratulations. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate that. And you have had, here's where I want to start with, you have had a number of obstacles to, to overcome just to get to this level. Um, since what, early childhood, you, you have been blind, correct? That is correct. So talk about uh, what it has taken for you to, uh, to, to get to this point. Uh, it just seems to me like a, a remarkable story. Well, I, I guess the thing I would say that the biggest takeaway that, that I would have for you is that I think we all have obstacles. I think we all have things that get in our way throughout the course of life. It might be a physical disability. I'm blind and I've also lost a significant amount of my hearing um, as a result of cancer that I had in my retinas when I was basically born. I was diagnosed at eight weeks of age, which means, you know, chances are I already had it when I was born. And, and I lost all of my vision by the time I was three um, and, and a lot of my hearing as well because of the treatment that I underwent. But, you know, whether it's a physical disability, whether it's uh, some sort of a mental challenge or, you know, something that goes on, some sort of emotional upheaval, um, you know, issues we're having with family or friends or, you know, at work, whatever it might be, we all have obstacles that we have to overcome. And so I don't see myself as unique in any way, shape or form in, in that regard. Um, so, you know, I, I think, you know, probably I, I overcome obstacles the way that we all have to, which is, you know, you, you, uh, you don't focus on the negatives. You don't feel sorry for yourself. You look at what you do have and the opportunities that you do have, and you try to make the most of those. So what, uh, what do these awards mean to you, especially getting it back to back uh, last year and this year? That's quite a feat as well. Yeah, it's always nice to be um, recognized by your peers. You know, something that uh, obviously you've had happen for you many times throughout your career, Fred, and, and it's, it's always a good feeling. Um, you know, I don't think you try to win awards necessarily. In other words, I don't think you go about your business looking for awards or hoping for awards or being upset when you don't win awards. I think you try to do the very best you can every day to do good work for your employer, but more importantly, the people that you're serving in whatever line of work you're in. And, you know, if you can do that over time, the recognition and the awards and the accolades take care of themselves. But certainly, again, it means a lot to be recognized. So you put together a daily sportscast. Um, talk about what, what is involved with that? What, what do you do? Uh, how do you put that together? And, and how do you get it out there? Well, I do produce my own sportscasts. Um, I, I know enough about, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm a, you know, wizard when it comes to technology, but I know enough to be able to edit my stuff and, and obviously save my stuff and get it emailed out to the people who need it on a daily basis. But, you know, I'm, first of all, you got to know who your audience is and, and what they want to hear about. And so 
in Danville, Illinois, for example, I do work in Danville and Decatur, um, but in Danville, as an example, it's Bears and Colts from an NFL perspective, maybe the Packers as well. It's the Cubs, Cardinals, and White Sox in Major League Baseball. It's the Bears or the, uh, the Bulls and Pacers in the NBA. And obviously the fighting Illini and this time of year, there's a lot of high school football going on with the state tournament. And so, you know, that those are the things that by and large, you're going to be focused on. And then, you know, what's going to happen from one day to the next, for instance, tonight, uh, as I'm recording this, it's a Tuesday. And, and so the bulls have a game this evening, and obviously I'm going to be focusing on that. And, you know, you got coming up this weekend, the Bears are playing and the Colts are playing. So I'm going to be focusing on what they're doing throughout the week, injuries that might crop up or obviously the trade deadline just passed in the NFL. And so that's going to be a big topic. Of course, the Fighting Illini playing Michigan State in a huge game at Memorial Stadium on Saturday. That's going to be a big topic. So I'm focusing on anything that may come out from Illinois or from Michigan State. And then, you know, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes and ears peeled, if you will, for anything that may crop up that is unscripted that I might not expect. And, and so, you know, that's kind of how it comes about. Do you have a prescribed length for the, the sports casts? And then also how long does it take you to produce each one? Um, well, they air on the three Newhoff stations in Danville, as well as uh, the sports talk station that Newhoff runs in Decatur. Um, how long does it take to do the sports cast? Probably an hour. I, I typically start, I do news as well, keep in mind. So I, I do news for several of the stations that Newhoff runs in Decatur. And so I'm doing news and sports really at the same time. I start at, oh, 11 o'clock in the evening, let's say 10 o'clock central when, um, generally when all the games are done that I'm going to be talking about. And it probably takes me to do everything, news and sports, probably two to two and a half hours. If I remember correctly, I, I think I met, first met you about 20, 18, 20 years ago at the sports media camp for kids at Danville Area Community College. Uh, I'm wondering, how did you find out about that camp in, in the first place? It's a pretty crazy story, and, and it, it's one that, uh, you know, if you believe that everything happens for a reason, if you believe in fate or you believe in religion, um, you know, however you have been conditioned to believe that things come to pass in this world, um, you know, th this, is, this is amazing. So I had a teacher who was on a honeymoon in Antigua on the island of Antigua. And also on the island at that time was Mike Colby and his wife, they were on vacation. And so um, my teacher and her husband got to talking to Mike and his wife, Julie, and they found out that, guess what? They lived, you know, 90 miles apart, basically. Uh, my teacher lived in Carmel, Mike lived in Danville, and so, you know, um, they kind of had that in common. My, uh, my teacher's husband and 
Mike's wife um, happened to both work in the uh, in the medical field, so they knew some of the same people, so they had that connection. And then one thing led to another, and my teacher found out that Mike ran a sports media camp in uh, in Danville, which was you know an hour and a half away from where I lived. And so she got back from that uh, honeymoon vacation and told me about it. And uh, it sounded like something that I would be interested in, and I was. And so that was in probably the, maybe the winter of 2001. And then that summer, I attended the media camp for the first time. And the rest, as they say, is history. So if you would go, go back even a step beyond that, how did you get interested in sports in the first place and then also in, in radio? Well, the sports part of it is, is pretty straightforward. I think uh, I had the same experience that probably a lot of us who are sports fans had, which is my dad got me caught up in the uh, sports fever, if you will. Um, he was the person who introduced me to basketball and baseball and football and uh, explained the rules of the games and he was kind of my play-by-play -play person in uh, my early years. And so, you know, that's how I got interested. And then uh, my second grade year, this would have been like January of my second grade year, 1996, on a weekday afternoon uh, in class, I knew that my dad was going to be home late that night. And so I was talking about this out loud and, you know, the Pacers were playing a game that night and how in the world am I going to know what they're doing? And my teacher said, well, you know what? The games are on the radio. You should listen to it on the radio. And I was like, okay. Um, but, you know, my dad always tells me what's going on. It, is the radio going to be able to do that same thing? And she said, yes, they're going to let you know exactly what's going on. Don't worry about it. And so I tried it for the first time that night and um, I liked it. And I listened to a game a couple days later and then a couple days after that. And then I started listening to some other things, sports and otherwise. And eventually it kind of clicked in my mind that, hey, you know what? This is really cool. I think I want to be like some of these people that I'm listening to on the radio. Who would you say have been some of your mentors over the years, people that have really helped you out and people that you've looked up to in the profession? Well, uh, Mike Colby is certainly a big one. He, um, for those who don't know, is basically the person who runs Newhoff Media. Um, he's pretty much the, uh, the grand poobah, if you will, there. And, and he, uh, he ran the sports media camp and still does. Um, you know, he's somebody that I've had a chance to hang out with over the years and, and learn a lot from. So he, he's certainly top of the list in terms of mentors. Um, I took a radio television class in high school. And so uh, I learned a lot from my teachers there. Obviously, going to Ball State, I learned uh, a lot from the professors I had there, whether it be just the nuts and bolts of broadcasting or whether it be journalism. Um, so, you know, th those would be some of the people that come to mind. 
What, um, what sports teams and, and what sports do you follow the most and, and do you consider your favorites? I would say baseball, basketball, and football are certainly my favorite. Uh, I follow other sports from time to time. I follow hockey some. Uh, you know, obviously being just north of Indianapolis, it's uh, basically – you know, blasphemy if you don't follow the Indy 500. So uh, I, I keep tabs on auto racing as well, especially in the month of May. And, and I, I get uh, I get interested in, in other things as they pop up. You know, I'll, I'll be interested in how uh, Team USA does in the World Cup coming up here uh, before long. So, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm open to a lot of things. You know, I think about how much technology has changed just since when I was a kid up until now. And for example, when I was a kid, if, if I wanted to listen to, to Vince Scully, um, I pro it probably wasn't going to happen because, you know, living here in the Midwest, uh, there was not that much of an opportunity. Uh, but I would imagine now with all the streaming and, and all the options available, you're pretty much able to get whatever game that you might want uh, uh, on almost a nightly basis. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. That's right. And um you know, we're in, uh, I'm in a part of the country where you've got some pretty big cities and some pretty big blowtorch radio stations that, that are easy to pick up, especially at night. And so, you know, I can listen to the Cardinals easily and the Cubs and the White Sox and the Cincinnati Reds and the Guardians. And obviously the same thing applies to football and basketball as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, you could, very easily get a, a subscription to, you know, MLB.tv or whatever, and, and listen to anybody you want. And obviously there's stuff all over YouTube from past games and whatnot that you can, you know, easily uh, check out. So that's another way that I've been able to hear different uh, announcers and how they've called different memorable moments. You talked about Mike Colby and, and the impact he had. Go a little bit broader in terms of, of the sports media camp that, uh, that Mike and before him, uh, Scott Eisenhower helped run there at Danville. How, how did that impact you? And, and where do you think you would be today if not uh, for that, uh, that camp and the opportunities that, that it presented? Well, the, the second part is tough to answer because it, it's kind of hard to, for me to imagine a world in which the uh, – camp didn't exist or a world in which I didn't attend the camp. Um, but um, so I, I don't know where I would be if, if not for the camp. Um, but in, in terms of the camp itself, I think I learned pretty quickly that that uh, I definitely did want to get into sports media and broadcasting um, because it, it's a pretty intensive camp, as you know. Um, you know, we're not just, you know, doing very, you know, small, basic stuff. I mean, we're getting pretty in depth into different skills and different areas of sports media. You know, we're, we're doing interviewing, we're working on obviously play by play. Uh, we have a chance to take the kids out to Danville stadium to do a dance game in the uh, prospect league, normally at least once, if not twice every summer, we, we have uh, somebody work with the, uh, work with the kids on sports writing for several years. It was, it was you. 
Now it's Chad Dare of the uh, Commercial News in Danville who does a good job with that. And, you know, we do some behind the scenes stuff with technology and whatnot. So, you know, if, if you don't like sports media, you're going to figure out pretty quickly with the camp that it's not for you. And if you do like it, you're going to figure out pretty quickly that it may well be for you. Well, I wanted to follow up on one of the things that you said, because uh, one of the, the things I think a lot of the campers enjoyed the most was the opportunity to go to Danville Stadium and, and do a game that was actually live on the radio as they were doing it. And I want you to talk a little bit about, I know you were involved with that play-by-play -play as well. So talk about how that, uh, how that setup worked and, and how you found that to, to be for you. Well, with uh, a previous hearing aid that I had, I was using an FM system that allowed me to hear somebody who was holding it. It's basically a, a, a special type of microphone. And they could have been, you know, on the other side of a room or even across the hallway. I mean, they could have been 50 feet or maybe even 100 feet away from me. And I could hear them as though they were standing right next to me. And so back in those days, we're talking when I was a kid back in high school, mid, you know, early, mid 2000s, um, wow. somebody would basically whisper into the microphone what was going on. And I would basically, um, you know, do play by play with that. So it might be, you know, Fred Croner is up to bat, Chad Dare on the mound. Here's the windup and the first pitch ball high and it's high for a ball in the count one and oh so you know all I would have heard in my hearing aid was ball high and I turned that into high for a ball to count one and oh now currently I don't use an FM system so that setup doesn't exist anymore but um it, it was it was kind of fun it was it was pretty wild the way we we're able to make that work back then was that something you enjoyed or was that a part of it that maybe wasn't quite as much fun as, as some of the other things you've been able to do? I enjoyed doing play-by-play. -play. Uh, I, I did. I would say now, um, honestly, that this is something that, that kind of occurred to me during the pandemic when basically all announcers were doing games remotely unless it was a home game. And, you know, I would hear a lot of announcers talk about the fact that, you know, doing it that way, they could make it work, but they preferred to be on site because there are just certain subtle things, certain little things that you pick up on when you're there. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, maybe that would have been the case for me if, if I had tried to do play by play. Could I have done it? Probably. I, I could have made it sound okay, but, you know, not being able to see, um, I, I do think that there were probably some subtle things that I would have missed that uh, somebody who could see would have been able to pick up, pick up on very readily. So as you put together your, your sports casts, what, what would you say are the toughest challenges for you on a, on a day-to-day -day basis? Um. Honestly, there are a lot of days when I've got to try to figure out what to cut out, you know, what to leave on the cutting room floor, if you will, uh, especially on a day like, uh, like Tuesday, where you had 
the Bears making a big trade and the Colts making a trade and, you know, the Bulls playing a ball game and obviously the Illini playing uh, coming up uh, in the weekend and the college football playoff rankings coming out that night. Um, you know, I only have 90 seconds to work with basically in Danville and 60 seconds to work with in Decatur. So, you know, you can imagine your boss telling you, hey, you only have so many words to, to write, so many inches to work with, so to speak, in a, in a newspaper column. And, and you're trying to figure out, okay, I've got all this great stuff. You know, what the heck am I supposed to leave out? How do I shorten this? So that, that would be, I would say, the biggest challenge. Yeah, believe me, I've, I've been there a bunch of times, and that's, uh, that's no fun when you have the material and you just don't have the space for it. So I can, uh, I can definitely relate to that. One of the lessons I learned in college pretty early on was make every word matter. You know, eliminate the superfluous stuff that doesn't mean anything. Just get right to the point and every word counts. Yeah, absolutely. So would you say when, when you do uh, your, your news podcasts and your, and your sports ones, is, is there one that's a little bit easier for you or are they pretty much equal? Oh, sports is certainly easier because I know a lot about the things I'm speaking about in, in uh, news indicator, you know, I don't live in Decatur, right? So, you know, that makes it tough. And, you know, knowing who the people are that, that are making news and, and knowing the different locations that I'm talking about and, you know, pronunciations are, are a big deal. You know, I, I can pronounce, you know, baseball names or, or basketball names because I hear them all the time and I read about them all the time. It, it's a lot tougher when you're talking about, you know, somebody who you don't know unless you live in the community. Absolutely. So as you, you look ahead, what, what kind of uh, goals do you have for the future? Well, I do a podcast called Go Crazy. It's available at vermilioncountyfirst.com. I do it once a week. Um, so certainly I'd, I'd love for uh, any members of your audience to uh, take some time to check that out. But um, certainly if, if I could find a way to expand that and monetize that, that would be certainly something I'd want to look into. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to maybe expand that to two or three times a week and do some interviews um, like what you're doing right now. Uh, I, I haven't done interviews really in, in the first, what, three years or so that I've been doing the podcast. It's basically been, been me just flapping my gums for a half hour or so. So, you know, I, I'd like to get some other voices involved in the podcast uh, as we move forward. Um, so that's one thing that comes to mind. Uh, you know, if, if down the road I could have an opportunity to do a sports talk show, maybe not every day, um, because I do wonder if, if I had to do it every day, would I become burned out after a while? So, but if not every day, certainly, you know, once a week, I'm getting an opportunity to host Saturday morning sports talk in Danville this Saturday because, uh, you know, several of the people that are normally on the show are out of town and doing other things. So that's something I'm looking forward to taking a shot at that for the first time. So if, if that down the road were something that I could do on a more regular basis, I would uh, certainly jump at that opportunity. And, you know, I'm always open to doing anything that may come up, whether it's behind a microphone or, you know, 
behind the scenes, you know, at a previous job I had in downtown Indianapolis, a lot of my work was behind the scenes. And, you know, that's something that helped that helped me grow and become more well-rounded as uh, somebody in sports media. So, you know, I, I think certainly, certainly there are a lot of things I could see myself doing under the right circumstances. I mentioned at least for, for right now, it's nice to just be able to, to work from home, isn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, that, that opens up a lot of possibilities, you know, modern technology, whether it's zoom or, you know, whether it's just using a computer and recording something and, and emailing it as an attachment to whoever needs it. That's uh, certainly opened a lot of doors. All right. We've been talking today to RJ Crace, who is the now the two-time sportscaster of the year for the state of Illinois uh, media radio division, small market division. Uh, RJ lives in uh, near Indianapolis and works for WDAN in Danville. Before I let you go, RJ, anything else that uh, you would like to add? Well, um, I guess on a uh, on a fun note, um, I'm obviously very curious to see what the Fighting Illini football team does the rest of the season. Some uh, big games coming up and some real opportunities, depending on how they do. Uh, it, it's a fun story. I always enjoy a good story. So. Uh, this is certainly a fun story. So on that note, ILL. I-N-I. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's unexpected, too. If you'd asked me six weeks ago uh, what the Illini record would be after six or seven games, uh, I don't know what I would have said, but I'm sure I wouldn't have said uh, six and one, uh, you know, with the possibility, you know, to, to go to a real very good uh, bowl game this year. So it's uh, it's been an amazing story. I said before the season, and I said it publicly, that uh, they would go five and seven. That was my official prediction. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought there was I thought there was a chance they could get to six wins, but I couldn't talk myself into making that prediction. And certainly after losing to Indiana in uh, their second game, um, as a lifelong IU fan, that was something I was certainly happy about at the time. But um, you know, certainly after that game, I'm pretty sure I probably said some things to the effect of that's the final nail on the coffin. Definitely no bowl game now. But, uh, you know, how dumb does that look? Well, it's nice to be wrong once in a while, though, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And <laughs> you're going to be wrong plenty if you're in the uh, opinion giving business. That's for sure. All right. Well, RJ, always nice to talk to you. I appreciate your time today. Uh, best wishes. Always good to talk to you, Fred. Okay. Bye.